My name is Mona Firstenau. It looks worse than it sounds, Firstenau. I work as Director of Ministry Partnerships for Bethesda. Bethesda Lutheran Communities provides residential employment and faith supports for people across the country with intellectual and developmental disabilities. We've been around 115 years, you may have heard of us. Started in Wisconsin, but we are now in 13 states. So the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Texas, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, Kansas, New Jersey, I think I missed one. No, not in Iowa, sorry. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we provide supports for about 3,500 people across the country. We have staff of about 5,000 that do that on-site daily care support in the home, but also support out in the community, employment supports, job skill development. And in our department, Religious Life, we have 13 ministry consultants who serve each of those states. Their primary role is to provide the faith supports for the person that we provide residential or employment supports for, but also to provide support for the staff, the majority of whom are not Christian, but often have life issues and so forth that we provide some sort of chaplain kind of care and quite frankly a happy byproduct has often been that a number of our staff have come to know Jesus through their support of the person with a disability who is engaged in Bible study, church, devotion, prayer, etc. So the people we support with disabilities are being witnesses to their staff and we love those stories. It happens over and over and over again. And then the third arm of what those ministry consultants do is to work to equip churches to become better places of belonging for people with disabilities and welcome and support for their families. We work with nearly a thousand churches across the country. And so we have ministry consultants provide support in those states where we have services. I and one other of our staff in that department cover the rest of the country. What that means is that we consult for free. We have fundraising and donors. We have an auxiliary women who raise several hundred thousand dollars a year for us just so that we can do the religious life and faith supports so that we are not hampered by budget in order to share the good news and the gospel to people with disabilities and equip the church. So there are a couple of us who go and just do teaching. We can do it FaceTime, we can do it consulting virtually, but we can also come if need be and do teaching, webinars, training, etc. Our website is BethesdaLC.org. It's probably on the last slide. Um, <laughs> and on that website, we have lots and lots of resources. So I'm gonna talk about a few of them today. Most of the resources on that website are absolutely free. And if you look at the map, you can click on our, your map of the state where you live, and even if we don't have residential programs there, there'll be a contact for you that'll cover that state that can talk to you about processes and resources and so forth that we provide in states where we don't have a physical program presence. So for Iowa, if you're interested in Iowa, you can click on the picture of Iowa, and it'll drop down who's that contact person. Typically, it's a, it's a case manager kind of person that'll run questions around providing supports for individuals with disabilities, but they know who to connect to if you have other questions for around for your state. So I invite you to come to our booth. We're downstairs. If you go in the exhibit hall, we're all the way to the left behind CPH. We've got a big booth with lots of free resources and lots of people there um, to talk to you about what we do and to give things away because frankly, we don't want to pack them up and take them home. So we would love for you to stop by. We have glow in the dark wristbands. So if you need the glow party swag for tonight, go stop and get a glow in the dark wristband. We've got lots of those as well. We also got an Instagram competition going on for you young folks that do Instagram and the um, we're 
just beginning to do some tech support in our homes. So we're giving away some mini Google Home minis and Echo Dots and smart plugs and so forth um, as our drawing stuff. So if you're interested in that, visit the booth. So that's like in a nutshell. I'll say a little bit about me. I uh, have a degree in speech pathology. I worked in that field for 13 years. Um, did my graduate work in gerontology, the study of aging, and also in neuropsychology, as well as speech pathology. And then I have my children. My children are two extremely diverse learners. They're young adults now, 27 and 31. Um, they're about as diverse as they could be from each other, and neither one of them fit inside that statistical bell curve of normal um, academic uh, achievement or... or um, abilities. So um, I got a really schooled lesson in one on either end of that bell curve. So I don't know what it's like to have a, a middle of the road child. I've learned parenting from either opposite extreme end. So if you want to share stories about extreme parenting, I'm your woman. <laughs> um, so um, that's what brings me to a lifelong Lutheran. And um, what brings me to this is our family's journey around um, being included and welcomed and belonging in a, in a faith community. Uh, lots of missteps, lots of, frankly, wounding situations, lots of some great things to celebrate. And all of that has informed what I do and brought to me where I am. So uh, about Eight years ago, we formed a task force at the Synod level around disability. And if you've not been to the website, the Synod website, and checked or typed in disability, do so. Lots of free resources there that that task force created and developed in conjunction with this uh, Lutheran Braille workers, Lutheran Friends of the Deaf, mental health, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. Lots of resources on their website that are not the same as the resources on Bethesda's website. But they're free to you um, on the Synod website. So I want to point you towards that. So we did a task force for about seven years, and that's what we accomplished, was that presence in education and presence regularly in the seminaries to talk to um, pastor students about the inevitability of having people with disabilities in the congregation and what to do with that. Um, we work with those thousand congregations, and we find most often... It's not that people don't want to do something to support people with disabilities. They simply don't know where to begin. And so most of the resources we've developed have that in mind. Here's the beginning. Here's how you start. Here are some easy changes you can do. Here are some easy things you can begin that will help make things more welcoming and more supportive for people with disabilities in the life of your church. So that's a nutshell. I'm going to go through some of those resources. And as you're coming in, if you're coming in, there's handouts on that back row. Um, maybe just pass the stacks forward. Um, there's orange, green, and blue. We'll talk about them, but you can have, you're welcome to them, one of each. And then I'll share a little bit more about some of our other things as well. So our foundational scripture is Psalm 139. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, right. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We absolutely believe that God doesn't make mistakes. He knit us together the way we are because he loves that difference and he has a role and a place and a purpose for all of us and all of our difference. So we created this video um, to begin those conversations and to speak that theme of Wonderfully Made. So hopefully the sound will work. Ooh, is it too loud? You have seen what is in my heart. You know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know what I'm thinking. 
You know what I'm thinking, even though you are far away. You know when I go out to work and when I come back to home. You know what I'm going to say. Even before I say it. You are all around me. Wherever I go, Lord. You're with me. You are with me. You're with me all the time. You hold me safe in your hand. I'm amazed at how well you know me. It's more than I can understand. How can I get away from your spirit? Where can I go to escape from you? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. When I go to work, you are there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, you are there. When I go to church on Sunday, even there, your hand will guide me, and your right hand will hold me. Suppose I were to say, I'm sure the darkness will hide me. The light around me will become as dark as night. Even that darkness would not be dark to you. The night would shine like the day because darkness is like light to you. You created me. You put me together inside my mother's body. You, you made, made me amazing. You made me wonderful. How you made me is amazing and wonderful. And I praise you. I praise you. I praise you for that. I'm perfectly. I'm wonderfully right. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. None of my bones was hidden from you when you made me inside my mother's body. That place was as dark as the deepest parts of the earth. When you were putting me together there, your eyes saw my body even before it was formed. You planned how many days I would live. You wrote down the number of them in your book. Before I had lived through even one of them. I am fairly and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. She is the word of the Lord. We made this video in conjunction with Lutherans for Life because we began talking a few years ago about the alarming rate of abortion of prenatally diagnosed children with Down syndrome and talked about how we might be able to multiply our efforts if we partner together. And this is one of the first things we did was this video. Um, we share each other's message and point each other to each other's mission. It's not just about uh, anti-abortion and end of life. It's really about the value and dignity of life across the lifespan, every age, stage, and, and ability. So we partner together and work together often. We co-present often. They're, um, they're great partners with us, and we feel it's a great fit for us to work together. So here's the words again. You already saw that, but we highlighted, you know, clearly we believe we should celebrate God's handiwork. It's clear to us in Psalm 139 that it is his handiwork, and we should celebrate that. And then look for ways that he wants us to, to live with that and to work with that, to celebrate that and become better than what um, we are without everyone involved. So fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, I refer you to that verse. It's usually very helpful in, with families and with pastors to begin there uh, when you want to have a conversation about increasing outreach or support for people with disabilities. 
So this is your first resource, the orange one. That's really what this is all about. It's about celebrating a child prenatally diagnosed or just diagnosed with a disability. It's pointing to scripture, supporting the family and the parents. How do we celebrate that instead of go, oh, now what do we say and do, right? Ways for us to celebrate. So that resource is for you. There's lots of copies downstairs at the booth. There's also some others here. If you didn't get one, maybe you can raise your hand. Whoever's sitting by it, they can pass it around. Can you pass them forward? Are those stacks back there? Or are they all gone? Oh, they're coming. Okay. So this one really came about um, because we were, uh, we were doing a seminar and someone from the seminary came up during one of those classes and said, I feel better prepared to talk to a family whose child has died than to talk to a family who has a child with a disability. What can you do and how can you help me? And so this brochure came about as a starting point of conversation, but we're always in conversation with the seminary about how better to prepare pastors for the inevitability of having families with disability in their congregations. So this is a starting point, not an end-all and be-all, but it's a starting point for congregation. Then we want everybody to embrace his plan. This is another one of our, I'm sorry, I'm in your way? Okay. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 is that wonderful word picture of the body of Christ. You're probably all familiar, yeah? Have you ever thought about that in terms of disability? We're all part of the body. And the ear says, you know, what if we were to say, well, because I'm not this, I don't belong here. Think about that in terms of disability. Because I have a disability, I don't belong here. Often that's how people feel, especially when they've been wounded or they've been in a situation where the congregation has been less than helpful. So I want you to read with this with me. We'll alternate. I'll read black, you read blue, because I want you to really hear what he says about that plan for the body of Christ. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? If all were a single member, where would the body be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And all together with me. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So these are the key verses and the key ideas. Verse 18 and verse 22. You probably missed this part. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Again, we use this scripture to support that God has a plan and a purpose. It's not an accident. He has a plan and a purpose, and he has chosen how he wants things to play out. We'll never know the whole story or the whole plan. It's not for us to worry about it, right? And that verse 22, that's the one we use a lot. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker. 
Notice it says seem to be. And this is well translated from the Greek, seem to be. It doesn't say those parts that are. Seem to be weaker, are indispensable. What does indispensable mean? Can't be without it. We can't function without it. Without whom we are incomplete. So when you think about that, people with disabilities in the body of Christ, in your congregation, if you don't have people with disabilities there ministering alongside with you and in fellowship with you, then you are incomplete and missing what God has planned for you. So in youth ministry, we always advocate you begin with questions. Ask what's wanted. You ask the youth, you ask the parents, you ask what's wanted. Do you just want this to be a social place? Do you want them? What do we need to know? What is it that you as a family want? So you can get on the same page. And then you invite all your youth to brainstorm together about how to be inclusive for everyone and accommodation so no one's left out. They are great problem solvers. And when they're invited into the problem solving, then they buy into the solution giving. Making adaptations to regular curriculum as needed is what we always advocate for. We don't advocate for separate curriculum. We do have some um, for confirmation, and we'll, I'll share that in a second. But we really think that accommodations can happen um, if you, and this is the piece, the blue one is the one that talks about adapting curriculum. I think that's the one I go to next. Just jumping ahead of my slide. That's the blue one. It talks about adapting curriculum of all kinds for all ages based on your senses. So eyes, ears, touch, kinesthetic, right? You can adapt the way you're doing the lesson just a little bit based on what their strength is. And, um, and it, should, it should help and should work and should make it more accessible in most situations so you don't need an ex separate curriculum. Intentionally identifying gifts, talents of all and experiences of all the kids in the youth group or all the people in your congregation. Everyone has gifts and talents. Identify all of them and then give them a regular opportunity to shine. So I'm going to share an example I learned last year about this time here at the leadership, pre-gathering leadership thing, whatever it was, <laughs> a year ago. And I did a session for adult leaders and one of them said, so I have a kid who absolutely, oh, maybe I shouldn't share that. Maybe they're in here. <laughs> hmm, I don't have any. Um, let, me, let me pick a different example. Um, I have a, a friend of my son who has developmental disabilities who has an absolute fascination with tractors. Like he can tell you every make and model, the kind of pistons, the kind of, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about it. He knows everything about all of that stuff, everything. And he drives people crazy about it frankly. Um, he talks about it all the time. And the kids were starting to roll their eyes and go, man, okay, we're tired of tractors. What are we going to do, right? When we intentionally said, all right, let's identify everyone's area of expertise. Y'all have something. And then we're going to give each person a chance each time we meet to share five minutes of their expertise. And then we're going to say, you've shared your expertise, thank you. And that gives the groundwork for that person to see everyone gets five minutes, but nobody gets more than five minutes to talk about their expertise. Fix the problem after about two months of everyone identifying and sharing their own expertise. Happy byproduct of that, all the youth felt affirmed in their expertise. And nobody was rolling their eyes anymore, right? So then you have to give them regular opportunities to shine. So for this kiddo who loves tractors, we have a riding lawnmower by John Deere. And so quite, he is part of the maintenance team of that acre and a half of grass 
around the church and he regularly does that. He's made friends with all the other maintenance team folks that do the, the upkeep and um, that's his another little niche for him um, using his opportunity and his gift. So I invite you to be creative about those kinds of um, intense interests. People like to use fixations or whatever. I don't like to use that word. Intense interests and favorites. Um, be creative about how you can incorporate that into something. We had another um, kid who was very interested in vacuum cleaners, and we incorporated that. You can vacuum, you can apply vacuum cleaners sucking out the sin of your life. We can do all kinds of things around vacuum and power and those kinds of things, and he was in, his interest was incorporated in the lessons very easily um, with just a little creativity. Um, and that just affirms to all the rest of the youth as well that everyone has something to contribute. So here's the adapting curriculum piece. You have that. We have lots more downstairs if you need more. Like if you want to give one to every Sunday school teacher, <laughs> we have lots um, downstairs. And it's helpful for every teacher because you have all learners of all types. Confirmation curriculum is called Building on the Rock. Down at our booth, and I didn't want to, I couldn't carry too much more up here. We have this little card that tells all the things that are available at Concordia Publishing House for us that are geared towards those with intellectual and developmental disabilities. On the back has all those things listed. Our Building on the Rock confirmation curriculum is available for download and print. You can print 100 copies or for however many years. It's like 20 bucks for a unit of five lessons and it goes through the catechism. So it talks about baptism, Lord's Prayer, Ten Commandments, communion, etc. You can use it uh, for all kinds of things. Um, and then we also have devotions and other these adapting curriculum pieces, these orange, blue, and green that I'm handing out are also available there in, in larger packets of. So I just said all that. Oh, and it has enrichment activities for how do you take this home? How do you bring this lesson home? And a little bit lower um, reading levels so that it's more accessible by more students. So if you feel you need an adapted confirmation curriculum, there it is. Um, I think there's 10 units now. And um, they're each about $18 for a unit. And they have five or six lessons in each. And you can print them as many times as you want. This is a new resource we have. And this we found to be extremely helpful for everyone. In fact, like our adults are, uh, just typical adults are using this as well. Oops. Too many things in my hand. So I have one copy, but we have lots more down at the booth. They're just heavy, and I didn't want to bring them all up. This is a result of, we have an annual assessment for everyone in the, in the homes that we uh, provide support for to update their face support requests. How are things going at church? Do you want more prayer? Do you want devos at home? Do you want to go meet, start a devotional or a Bible study at the coffee shop? How are things going? What do you want to do? How do you want things to change? And we've done this for years internally and about a year and a half ago went, oh, this might be useful for other people. <laughs> How about if we print it? So we did, and we actually made it beautiful. I'll pass it around. Um, but it really talks through. What would you like to do? What's important to you? What do you want to learn about? Where do you want to go to church? What time do you want to go? It's got all kinds of things that we have on our annual assessment. But it's a real, way, a real interesting way to talk through and think through what do you want to get out of your church experience? Where do you want to go and how do you want to grow in your spiritual life? So I'm going to pass this around. Those are available also free from Bethesda. So you can use it for any and all, as many as you want. And frankly, we have lots of boxes downstairs we'd rather not take home. If you want some, get them there instead of having us ship them to you. Um, that would be great. So it talks about all those kinds of things. And um, we find that's really useful 
to get to the heart of what people are interested in studying and learning or what's important to them. Any questions so far? It's kind of resource heavy, but that's what I wanted to do is get you aware of the resources we got. Oh, the third piece, the green one. <clears throat> this is really how to adapt your communication skills for people with communication difficulties. Just some general PC info on the back so you're not like saying the R word or other things that are offensive. Those change fairly frequently, how people feel about things. So we talk about people first language, a person with autism, a person with cerebral palsy. Now the autism community has said, no, I'm loud and proud autistic. I want you to use that adjective. So sometimes we can't keep up with all of that stuff, but we give you some general guidelines about how to be respectful. And this is really a great piece to give to your frontline greeters and ushers to go over and just think about how to be respectful and be welcoming and not put your foot in it in the front door, right, at the front door. So it's a good one to give to your usher team. So here's what we find in all those thousand churches across the country that we're working in. These are basically the issues. They don't have any experience with a family with a disability or a person, adult, coming in the door with a disability. They don't have much information. They're not sure what to do. They're not sure where to go. They're not sure what to say. They're not sure where to find information. They just don't know. That's what we found. Not that they're unwilling, they just don't know. And we are here to share what we can and our expertise. But I'll tell you what, when we're working with 15 people in our religious life department over the last, I don't know how many years, in a thousand churches, we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot from them, and they have taught us and helped us refine our approaches and our materials and our resources, and to realize that it's not it's very individualized. Each church culture is different, each person is different, and some things that work someplace aren't gonna work somewhere else. But we are very willing to learn and really are, have trained our staff really well to go in and kind of understand the culture and see where the barriers might be and then talk about easy entry points. So these are some great places to start. Just ask the person or the family what is it you want? What is it you seek? What can we do? How best can we support you for success? Right? You can gather some disability topics and information, have them in the flyers in your front foyer that says you're at least aware of and thinking about disability. You don't know it all yet, but you have some information and interest. Give permission to everyone in the congregation to say, I don't know. <laughs> but can we journey to this together? Let's find some solutions together. And then always model unconditional positive regard. That's what that green communication one is about. We want to just model that Psalm 139 belief that everyone is fearfully and wonderfully made. And the 1 Corinthians 22, that everyone is necessary and indispensable. So here are some free, other free resources. Bethesda is really all about get those resources out there. We just want you to have them and use them. Um, so there are a few things that cost a little bit, but really most everything's free. This is on our website, BethesdaLC.org. If you go to Faith Resources, you'll find these. There are four different series. So over the last mm, eight years, every other year we put out a new series. So we started with Meant to Be, then Called by Name, then Christ Connection, then Wonderfully Made. And they're based on a scripture and there are lessons for each of these age levels, preschool, elementary, a chapel talk if you have a school, or for Sunday school, youth, adults, sermon notes for your pastor, devotions, etc. all around that theme. What sometimes congregations find effective when they're just beginning these disability awareness conversations is to host a Sunday where everybody uses the lessons from these 
units and themes on the same Sunday. So they're all here, the same coordinated message, and then can begin the conversation about what are we doing, what do we need to do, how are we doing around disability awareness and including people and welcoming and, and giving them an opportunity to meaningfully participate in the life of the church. So those are all free, downloadable, printable on our website under Faith Resources. Any questions at this point? I feel like I'm talking really fast, but I don't want to run out of time. I want to be sure I get through it all for you. We're past time anyway, right? Yikes. Oh. Um, another, another scripture, Ephesians 2.10. I love this one. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Again, speaking to that, he created us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. I don't know what that is on the corner. <laughs> that we should walk in them. Let's see if it goes away. Hmm. Ephesians 2.10. And again, I wanted to give you some scripture. So the workmanship is, comes from the word poema, which we use now for poetry and poem. That's, this, that's the um, translation. Isn't that great? We're all created as a unique poem. We are poetry that God has written. I love that word picture. Here's another scripture, 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So that means each... See, it doesn't say like each of you without a disability has received a gift. It says each of you has received a gift. And each of you use it. So we believe there's mutual ministry required. Mutuality in life together really means it's a two-way street or a multi-directional relationship. And you need to create sanctuary. If you want your church to be a safe place, then you need to be intentional about thinking through what makes it feel like a safe place for all people who feel left out for whatever reason. You know, our mission in ministry is people with disabilities, but this applies to those who are left out and marginalized for a variety of reasons. Might be socioeconomic, might be ethnic, might be cultural, might be mental health, might be all kinds of reasons why people feel left out. Creating sanctuary and remembering this is not just a person or a family with fill in the blank. They're each individually created and gifted and each brings something of value to your fellowship. One more video. When I'll you hear the run. words disability ministry, what comes to your mind? I want to be vulnerable with you this morning and I want to share with you an attitude that existed in 12 years of my pastoral ministry. The way that I thought about disability was, how are we going to care for them? Historically in the church, when we have ministered with people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, we have done so with mercy. We have created ministries to minister to them. It's not just about what we're going to do for those with disabilities or to help those with disabilities. It's about the fact that God has gifted this man, Paul, in the same way that he has gifted each of you. What if disability ministry equipped them to share the gospel? Equip them to be leaders. I hope Mercedes I'm involved in three different churches. On the first Sunday of every month, I on the greeter and ushers. So I hand out the flyers and, and, and give them the church bulletins. 
The number one thing that I've seen God use to reshape attitude is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 22. And verse 22 says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that appear to be weaker are needed, are indispensable. So I need Paul to be a part of this ministry. I need him here because he's got gifts to bring. Every person is necessary in the body of Christ. I want to add something else from the, the Bible. I feel a good news, a great story, is for all the people. All the people, right? All the people. Hey, you didn't say some people. All the people. Thank you, all the people. He is the word of the Lord. 